This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وذنون إذ ذهب مغاضبا فظن أن لن نقدر عليه فنادى في الظلمات فنادى في الظلمات أن لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين فاستجبنا له ونجيناه من الغم وكذلك ننجي المؤمنين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي فالحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اما بعد وانسكن ابيون السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته so tonight inshallah i'll share with you a beautiful dua that comes from uh, the tongue of yunus alayhi salam uh, and it's on the 80s in the 87th and 88th ayah of or the surah surah al-anbiya the 21st surah of the quran Allah Azza wa Jal describes this after the moment when he had left. You know, every every messenger gave, preached the message that Allah charged them to their nation, and in all of those cases, those nations rejected the message and insulted the messengers, and the messengers bore those insults. And despite getting made fun of, getting attacked, getting humiliated, they kept on patiently and lovingly going back and speaking to their people. You know, it's very hard to speak to someone after they insult you. Right, and especially speak to them in in a loving tone. And if they do that again and again and again, it's harder and harder for you to keep your composure, much less have a normal conversation, but to actually lovingly have a caring conversation. You know, like Nuh alayhi salam, Ya qawmi inni lakum minhu nadhirun mubin. Even at the end of his career, he says, my people, my people, my people. The same people that curse him, the same people that make fun of him, the same people that attack him. And put yourself in that position for a moment. If somebody insulted you, you know, first of all, if you didn't insult them back hard enough, then to even not have a frown on your face or to not get upset. And if they made a habit out of that, these are the people you want to stay away from. If somebody you had a fight with or somebody you don't get along with or somebody who hurt your feelings, you won't even drive through that neighborhood, man. You're not even going to go to the same restaurant. Or if you saw them, your mood would be off, you know. So this is the kind of thing prophets were asked to do time and again and not because of some animosity that they have. All they show is love and courtesy. All they show is care. And people, all they do is, you know, مَا يَزِيدُهُمْ إِلَّا nufura. Nothing increases in them except more and more hatred. They, they get more spiteful, more aggressive, you know, more offensive. <coughs> and so it came to a point with, with Yunus alayhi salam that he got angry with them and basically said, you know, if you want to just be destroyed, fine. And he was done. And he walked off. He couldn't take it anymore. That's human. It's a very human thing to do that. So he left. And, but the thing is that messengers are given a heavier responsibility than any normal human being. He was supposed to keep on taking those insults. Even though if you put any other human being in that position, they're justified in leaving and being upset. And the word mughadiban, when it's used, when he left, not just ghadiban, but mughadiban, it actually can be ta'addi also, meaning not only did he left, he left in a way that was, he made them angry also when he left. So not only did they make him upset, he lashed back out that, uh, at them. Also, it's possible that that's within the meanings of the ayah. And when he left, he felt he was completely justified. And he was convinced that 
Allah is not going to hold him or restrict him. What does that mean? That doesn't mean, and some bad translations say, he thought Allah won't have power over him. Because the word naqdira comes from qadir, like, wallahu ala kulli shay'in qadir. So he didn't think Allah would have power over him. Ma'adullah, no prophet would ever think that. One sahabi read this ayah, came to another sahabi and said, today I was drowned inside of an ayah out of, out of anxiety. And he said, what happened? He said, I read this ayah about you know, Yunus alayhi salam, and Allah says he thought that Allah won't have power over him. How could a prophet ever think that? That's not, and then he explained to him, this is not qadr as in qudra. This is qadr as in Allah will not hold back from him. In other words, he never thought he did anything wrong. He didn't realize he had crossed a line. He just left in a moment of anger, justified, feeling justified, and he didn't think that he had actually violated any command of Allah at that very moment when he had left. Now he goes off in, in to sea, his ship drowns, which is a traumatic experience on its own, then he's swallowed by a large whale, and some Ibn Abbas actually says he was swallowed by a large sea creature, and that sea creature was swallowed by another sea creature. Like he was in shades of darkness, and then it was the middle of the night also, so it's the, the dark ocean, and then he's been swallowed, and then swallowed again, and he's now in the belly of this whale, and, he, and in that moment, he then called down to Allah, فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ He called out in the depths of darkness. In shades and shades and shades of darkness, he called out. This is a time where, you know, if you're out at sea alone and you're crying out for help, which is what anybody would do if they're out even on holding onto a plank of wood, nobody can hear you. Nobody's going to hear a word you say. And he's not even on the surface of the water, he's underwater inside of a fish, inside of a whale. And he's calling out to Allah. Allah is letting us know that the cries we make to him, whether nobody hears them or not, Allah hears them. That was important to mention. And particularly, dhulumat are important here. Because to call out on Allah when you are in the worst states, when you are in the depths of darkness. And actually, sometimes we end up in very dark places because of our own mistakes. Because of you know, the way we've messed up. And we bring trouble on ourselves. So, Sometimes the calamity that hits you is because of what you did yourself. To give you an example, if you were speeding, and then you got into an accident, and you're in the hospital, Allah didn't do that one. You were speeding. You did that. When you were eating sugar all the time for years and years, and then you got diagnosed with diabetes, and a heart condition, that's, you did that. But even if you did that, and you, and, you know, prophets are held to a much higher standard, so even if they have a little bit of a, you know, sahwa, even a little bit of a slip, Allah gets them with a very heavy disciplining. And that's what happened with Yunus salam. He doesn't do that with us, because we're not held to the standard of prophets. But regardless, when this happened to him, you know what the human t- tendency is? I may, okay, fine, I made a little mistake, but come on, do I deserve this? This is a bit too much, Ya Allah. Okay, I got it, I got to learn my lesson. I'm good. You don't have to go this far to teach me a lesson. No, instead of going to Allah and saying, your punishment was too harsh, or your disciplining was too harsh, or I find myself in difficulty, why are you putting me in difficulty? Instead of having that attitude, what attitude are we learning from Yunus alayhi salam? He says, that no one is to be worshipped and obeyed in any way, shape, or form except you. Of course, he never did shirk. Never. And when you say, La ilaha illallah, or when he talks to Allah and says, La ilaha illa anta, it's as though he's declaring, No one is to be worshipped, loved, and adored, and obeyed other than, other than yourself. He's recognizing something. That what I felt when I, when I abandoned, even for a moment, when I abandoned the mission Allah had given me, then I didn't do justice to La ilaha illallah. I'm going to renew my La ilaha illallah. It's I'm going to take shahada all over again. And that's what you and I have to do. Sometimes we have to renew our Islam itself. 
our, we have to reintroduce ourselves and re, reignite our commission, co- commitment to Allah, saying to, not even talking, saying La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illa anta, meaning no one is to be worshipped, obeyed, adored, no one is to be, you know, uh, to be obey, you know, to, to be submitted to in any way, shape, or form, except you. You're talking to Allah now. Now imagine when someone sins, they get further away from Allah, they're less inclined to talk to Allah. They're embarrassed to face Allah. They're embarrassed to you know, converse with Allah directly. But in the worst of your moments, when you feel the lowest of the low, the darkest of the dark, that is when Yunus salam inspired us to talk to Allah and said, La ilaha illa anta. And then he said, Subhanaka, how perfect you are. Understand these phrases with their converse. When Allah is perfect, what does that mean about me? That I'm not perfect. And actually, when you're saying Allah is perfect, you're saying what, however you decide, whatever situation you decided to put me in, I will never blame you. I will never say that you did something imperfect. You did something wrong. You could have de- dealt with me better. No, 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 no. You're always perfect. And that's actually acknowledging that I'm not perfect. That actually the fault is within me. So even within subhanaka, there's actually a, an acknowledgement of one's own fault and Allah's own perfection. And those two things have to go hand in hand. If a person refuses to recognize that they are at fault, then actually they haven't recognized that the only one free of fault is Allah. There's a connection between those two things. And so he says, Subhanaka, you're too perfect. I declare your perfection. And then he says, Inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Certainly I, I have been from those that have done wrong. That's one mistake. And he says, Inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. As if he's done a lifetime of wrong. In other words, whatever wrongs I have done, the ones I know, the ones I don't know, I admit to the ones I remember, I admit the ones that I don't remember. I acknowledge them. I confess to you, my Rabs, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka, inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Now Allah Azza wa Jal describes in another place in the Qur'an, actually before I take you to the other place, know that his name is Yunus. But Allah also calls him the Noon. The Noon, the one of Noon. Noon in Arabic is another word for a whale. So the one of the whale. This is not because children at Sunday school can remember, oh, that's the one that the whale swallowed. No, not for that reason. But because it is as though Allah is telling us the most important moments of that man's life were inside a whale. The most important things you will learn from Yunus alayhi salam. We don't know much about his nation. We don't know much about his da'wah. We don't know much about his, the, the, the location where he was. We don't know much of anything. What we do know much about is what? The worst of his moments. The, the darkest of his moments, we know the, about that. And actually he's coined by that name and that's not an insult to him. That's an honor to him. That in those moments, he turned to Allah and he made this dua. You know this dua is so powerful. And by the way, notice again this dua. You know, he says, la ilaha illa ant, subhanak, No one is to be worshipped, obeyed, or, or loved in any way, shape, or form except you. No one more than you. That's number one. And then number two, you are, to, you are all perfect entirely, I'm not. And I'm the one, no doubt, I have been the one that has done wrong or is among those who do wrong. Think about that. He has a career of being a prophet. He's got people that have done wrong around him all the time. He was the only one doing right. Nobody else was doing right. And yet, in spite of all of the wrong they did, all of his focus is on not on them, but on the wrong that he may have done. You know how difficult that is? How difficult it is when people around you are doing wrong and because of that you messed up and then when you mess up and you're about to apologize to Allah we have like a half apology Allah I'm really sorry for what I did Astaghfiruka ya Rabbi but you know those guys they messed up and they really messed me up they, I mean if they, it wasn't for them I wouldn't have messed up but you know what really happened ya Allah you know the whole story <laughs> Allah knows 
You don't need to point the finger at anybody else. Even if they did enormous amounts of wrong, it's actually he's forgotten about everybody else. I don't care what they did or didn't do. What their part, Allah will deal with. I have to deal with my Rabb, my part I have to acknowledge. That's all that matters. And by the way, when he does this, does he ask, Ya Allah, rescue me. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, take me out of this. Ya Allah, give me my old position back. None of those things. He didn't ask of any of those. And so you know another place in the Qur'an Allah says, had he not been from those who declare Allah's perfection, he would have remained in the, bo- in, in, in the belly of the whale. وَلَوْلَا إِنْ كَانَ مِنَ Why not مُسْتَغْفِرِينَ Why not asking for forgiveness? We're learning a new dimension of learning, seeking forgiveness. We've talked about forgiveness a lot in this series. But today we're learning a new dimension. When you declare Allah's perfection, it has to go hand in hand with you declaring your own fault. There's no such thing as declaring Allah's perfection and saying, SubhanAllah, if I cannot acknowledge my own mistakes completely without hesitation and without focusing on anybody else, on myself, on myself, and on myself. If I can do that, then this dua opens a treasure that you cannot imagine. Our Messenger وسلم, rarely talks about other, other Prophet's du'as. They're self-explanatory. He says, مَا مِنْ مَكْرُوبٍ يَدْعُو بِهَذَا الدُّعَا إِلَّا اسْتُجِيبَ لَهُ he said, there's never anybody, never anybody who has been hit with some kind of catastrophe and disaster. They're completely drowning in trouble and they make this dua, except Allah responds to them. And they didn't even ask for some kashf, some relief, some najat. They didn't. They just made a confession. They just declared Allah's perfection and they just declared that they've been wrong. That's all. That's all it took and Allah Azza wa will bring relief for people. Which is why in this next ayah, Allah Azza wa says, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ Thus we responded to him, وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِ And we rescued him from depths of sadness. Actually, why sadness? We should have said, we rescued him from the darknesses of the whale. Or, but it wasn't death that was his problem. His problem was he felt that now that he has fallen, that he's fallen in Allah's eyes. That he can never be the same in Allah's eyes again. And that's a deep sadness when somebody makes sins and they, they feel that they can never recover themselves with Allah again. Allah says we rescued him from that sadness too. In other words, when you declare your imperfection, Allah Azza wa lifts you out. He brings you back into light. And He removes that sadness from you. He restores your relationship with Him. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Beautiful words. And He says, and that's how we rescue believers. Not that's how we rescued Him. That's how we rescue who? The rest of us. This dua is rescue for the rest of us. So this is one of those duas I know if us Pakistanis have it on our fridge again, probably. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. But being aware of what this means. Look, don't make, don't make dua into something you parrot. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Oi! There's nothing going on in your head. There's just words on your tongue. And when you and I actually start feeling what Yunus Alaihissalam felt, the confession that he felt, the acknowledgement that he felt, when this dua isn't just on our tongue, it's being made from our hearts, then there's no one in trouble who says this from their heart calling on Allah, except that Allah responds to them. I'll take one more minute of your time. You know, in too many parts of the Muslim world today, in our culture, we say, which dua should I recite? Which dua should I recite? Which dua should I recite? Hey, I'm having a baby, which dua? Or they, they had a aqiqah, which dua? Oh, there's a situation, somebody's sick, which dua can I recite? I'm having this trouble, which dua can I recite? And we're so focused on recitation. We're so focused on recitation. I, am, let me, I want to tell you something. When Yunus was in that whale, he wasn't speaking Arabic. 
So these words that we have, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen is a translation. So he didn't have exactly these words. Is it the words that are important or the, the meaning behind them? It's the meaning that's, the meaning is dua. The meaning is dua. When we don't have meaning in our words, when you don't mean what you're saying, just like in any other relationship, when you just look at your dad and say, I respect you. You, you don't mean that. You can tell from the way you're saying it. You could, or when you say, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> really sorry. This is you sorry? This is how you're sorry? This is how you confess? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I messed up. Mm-hmm. That's not you confessing nothing. The words may be there, but the meaning behind them isn't. These du'as will not give us the relief that is promised by Allah in this case, and also the Messenger ﷺ, if the meaning isn't there. May Allah give us the ability to make meaningful du'a to Him, and to really ask Allah from the bottoms of our hearts. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim, wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.